0: It's harder than I thought to put into words how this trip made me feel. Havana was one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been lucky enough to visit. I knew it was gonna be different from any other trip I had taken up until this point, but from finding underground salsa clubs with locals we had just met at an art gallery to walking over 40 miles along the Malecon and through the neighborhoods, I feel like we truly saw Havana. And not just in a check it off my list, but really saw it. I never felt so sad about leaving a place to go back home but now that we've promised our new friends that we'd be back, I really look forward to when that can be.
1: Welcome to the Roaming the Earth podcast. I am your host, Drea Castro, and today I am here with Alexis. Alexis is a 27-year-old Los Angeles native who's gotten really good at traveling on a budget. Loves going outside of her comfort zone to experience new cultures, and says yes to any new type of food abroad. Within a six-year period, she had ventured to 50 countries while going to school and then later working full-time. She started her Instagram page and blog because she wanted to provide honest destination tips to show just how affordable travel can be and help others to spend less time behind the computer screen trip planning and more time out exploring. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you
0: so much for having me.
1: Okay. You're a budget traveler and I want to hear mm-hmm. about this Havana trip that you that you went to in August of 2018. Yep, 2018. And you did that on a budget.
0: I did. Yes. It was also a very short trip so that also helped like add to the budget planning with it but my friends and I really wanted to spend at least 3 days somewhere over a long weekend and it was a domestic trip at first and then we saw really great airfare to Cuba And it sort of became um, from a three-day domestic trip to five days where we'd be um, spending it all in Havana, but definitely on a budget because we were still early in our careers, (laughs) definitely didn't have a ton of uh, spending money for that. So even though it was an international trip and even all my coworkers, they were so surprised I was able to do a trip like that, um, knowing like (laughs) I was working as a coordinator in the entertainment industry in LA. So definitely not a lot of spending money on the side usually. But um yeah, so that was, I think, one of the first um international budget trips I was able
1: to do. When did you book it? Like, how did you prepare for this trip?
0: Yeah. So I was looking, like I said, initially at domestic flights and I love Google Maps. That's kind of my, like, yeah. <laughs> literally, that's literally what I do
1: too. I like, yeah, stuff.
0: Yes. I've heard great things about other, like Hopper and other search engines, but Google Flights has just, I've just had the most luck with Google Flights. So that's tried and true, what I always use um, for picking a flight. And I kind of just zoomed out on the map because you can kind of look all over the world. So like I said, looking at the different states and then kind of just zoomed out and we saw Havana was less than New York. Havana was less than Texas would have cost, Chicago. And so we thought, okay, why not? We started looking into what a visa would be and what it would entail. And it was a bit of effort to like make sure we had all the proper paperwork and understand what we were getting into. And we actually had a lot of negative comments um, from like friends, coworkers, just saying, oh, I've heard this. No one we know had ever been, but just they had heard like, you know, it was really hard to go or wasn't worth someone's time or all those kind of things. So going into the trip, we really had no expectations. We didn't have low expectations. We knew we were gonna have a good time, but we didn't know what, what to expect and ended up being amazing from my intro it was like one of the best trips I had ever taken leading up to that point and even now I've been to so many places since but Cuba
1: will always have a really special place in my heart this is one of your first trips before the whole 50 country expedition I'm gonna call (laughs) our mission that you had
0: Yeah, so I guess I was thinking of, like, when I was really doing a budget trip, that was, like, the first, like, true, true budget trip, um, because a few of the others I had splurged a little bit, you know, like, we got a little bit of a nicer room or that kind of stuff, but here we were very limited with, with being on the visa that we were, so we couldn't stay in a hotel, which was fine. We definitely prefer to stay in more local kind of feel accommodation anyway, but that was when we, it was, our scope was more limited with what we could do. So, okay, only a certain type of Airbnb. Okay, we can only stay at a certain, or like eat at a certain type of restaurant or do a certain type of tour that supports the local Cuban people. So we really had to make sure we had all of our spreadsheets. We love the girl I travel with. We do whole Google sheets and make sure our budgets are in track. That it really helps us with planning out our expenses. And so, um, yeah, going into it, we didn't have any, price surprises but um yeah i'd say that was one of the more budget sides of the trip because before like i said um got to splurge a little
1: more <laughs> what was your budget for havana like what did that look like how so, much was were the plane tickets like all of that stuff
0: so i believe i wish i could remember exactly the flight price i believe it was only about 300 to go to havana from lax so once we saw that, that's when we were like, okay, this whole trip could be very affordable if we just plan ahead. So flights, 300. We allotted on like the higher end for food because my friends and I, we love to eat and try all the street food, all the local stuff. So we had a budget for about 40 to 50. That's usually where I like to spend on food a day. But we definitely came under in Havana for that, even with how much we ate and some of that budget was for the mojitos, of course. You right. Can't, can't go to Havana and not get the mojitos. Right.
1: Oh, my and God. So the mojitos there are so good. They know what they're doing there. <laughs> I basically went to Havana in uh, February this year, right before coronavirus. And that was a lovely surprise. And it was one of those... <laughs> Last minute moments. Like, I was looking for a flight for that weekend and I was like, let's go somewhere, you know? And we booked a flight literally three days before we left to go to Cuba. Oh my gosh. And I was like, oh my God, going to yeah. Cuba it had been on my bucket list. And so, yeah, it was just so crazy having to, you know, learn about the culture, the fact that you had to go there under supporting the cuban people visa uh because of you know the the relationship that we have if any i mean i don't know if anybody knows this but basically cuba and the united states had the embargo in i think like 1958 or something like that Uh, and so we our relations aren't quite you know (laughs) are quite the best so it was it was definitely a little bit more challenging than going to like let's say like england or like (laughs) france or something yeah so um that's definitely like a handy tip like if anybody's going to cuba to make sure that you know the visa uh situation uh, depending on the country that you're coming from if you're an american that's the that's the thing (laughs) And
0: apparently, you're supposed to like you're supposed to have your receipts up to five years after you come back, like on hand in case. I wasn't quite clear on who's going to be asking you for receipts. Just said in case receipts are asked of you, you have oh, to have wow. proof for five years. I already lost my receipt, so I'm already <laughs> out. I don't like know I'll where those actually. receipts are. <laughs> I'm within the window still, but I don't have those receipts. Um, but we have, we, I mean, like, if we really needed it, we we took pictures, we were very serious about it, because we thought just in case. So definitely, while we were there, we kept all of our receipts, we took pictures of receipts, um, and had it like in a special folder to make sure it didn't get lost. So that folder is now I'm not sure where pictures <laughs> I can probably find if I needed to. But yeah, apparently five years is the recommended time to keep your receipts from Cuba. If you're traveling as an American and you want to um like yeah, get all your ducks in order.
1: Whoops! Lost my receipts, <laughs> don't know where they are. Mine's oh, well. a little more reasonable. Mine's two years ago. <laughs> two years, right. like six yeah. ago. I, mine's like six months ago. I have no idea. Like <laughs> 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 the world went crazy. We're in an apocalypse. Yeah, now. that's like, true. I, true. <laughs> um so okay what other tips do you have so uh, i I kind of want to talk about that visa s- situation because that's the first thing um I got my I got my tickets for the airplane tickets for like around 200 three hundred dollars and then that was mm-hmm. the next thing that you had to do you had to like prepare yeah. um and that was a surprising thing like oh shoot like we can't just go there like oh we have to do this visa situation mm-hmm. so what was that for you how did you find that out and how do you prepare? As an American, Uh,
0: yeah, lots of research, definitely lots of ahead of time planning. Any article I found, so especially if I'm traveling with someone else and I find some information that would be useful for our trip, we had like a shared Google Doc, so I'd put that in there. And if she had found anything, we so we kind of started combining resources and realized it was. It was a process, but it was luckily easier than we were anticipating. We were anticipating, you know, worst case scenario would be months and months. But um, we found out that even at the airport, you're allowed to get like a certain part of the visa, I believe. I'm not sure how it was for you. I'm trying to remember at the airport, though, you were able to get um, like the official check off that you can get in. So some people were asking about like online we saw, oh, you know, do how far in advance do I need this? And it seemed like, oh, once you get to your if you have a layover, like your second leg before you get into Havana, that's where you go. And so we were hoping all this was true information. Um I feel like we did our due diligence though. So we had faith in our research and yeah, we got there and it was no problem. It took like 10 minutes for us to pay the fee and for them to give us our special visa and our passports and um at the layover or during our layover. And I think on the way over, we were in Florida.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's what happened with us too. We were, I think we stopped in Miami or mm-hmm. something. I, I, and then right before you get in, they have, all of a sudden there was like this line of people that were, you know, we were all just asking each other, like, is this the line to get the yeah. visa? <laughs> very confusing. And then this lady, you know, looks at us and First of all, my last name is Castro. So I was like, sweet. They were just like, yes, you're in. And I was like, yay. <laughs> you know? And then everybody that was with me, you know, we're all just really confused. But we got on yeah. a line and it was the visa. So I was like, oh, good. We we're on the right line. <laughs> it was just very. It was uh, a guessing. Yeah, it was a little like guessing, but it had worked out. Um, mm-hmm. So you get your visa. Yeah, on that second leg. If you're stopping, I think if you stop in Mexico, it's the same kind of thing, like right before oh, you go okay. They're gonna ask you what kind of visa or the exactly. reason why you're coming into the country. And you have to say supporting the Cuban people and you have to prove that you are supporting yeah, yeah. them. And so one way that you can support them is booking an Airbnb and and also booking some, uh, for us, it, it was uh, cooking classes with locals. Because yeah. you have to prove that, I think you have to have a certain amount of hours that you're supporting the Cuban people. So you need mm-hmm. to show receipts of that. And so, yeah. We definitely had that and and some of us got questioned about that and we had to show our receipts. Others in our group did not. There was a group of mm-hmm. us and there was like four of us. So just a heads up, that's what you got to do. Yeah, we
0: were very over-prepared because we thought worst case, like, if we get questioned, at least we have, you know, all the paperwork, all of our proof, because that's what we were going for. But it always felt, it felt strange, you know, being asked that at the border, like, why are
1: you here? And like,
0: support for the Cuban people. And I know, looking at you, and I'm like,
1: I hope (laughs) I said that right. (laughs) I think everybody goes in there with the question mark, like, yeah, for the Cuban people, (laughs) because it's it's just so strange. Like, is this the right thing I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to say? It's very weird, Uh, but it worked. And, you know, like it was a good it's a good time. What did you do anything else? Like, did you have to book any cooking classes or any of that? We decided to do
0: a convertible tour that was also the top of our list and we found a really great one. I remember his name was Alan and he gave us the best city tour. And not just like a, oh, I'm, you know, you hired me for the day, I'm gonna be nice to you. He was like genuinely one of like the most good natured people. Like we had ever really met like on a trip from like, and really getting to know someone and, At one point, our tour was done, but he had all these food recommendations for us, and he was saying, oh, I don't have anyone later in the day, like, to drive around, like, I can pick you guys up after dinner to take you guys back if you want, because they had picked us up, and it didn't include a ride back home, and it was just, like, genuinely just so nice, and he's like, yeah, I can hang around, like, I have a couple errands I need to do, I can drive you guys back to the Airbnb later, so... Yeah, it was like, it was a really informative day with all the history we learned, but it was also really nice, like really get to know a local, he ended up feeling like one of our friends by the end of the day, like with how real he got with a lot of the talk, like he talked about his personal life and his family and we were telling him about, you know, our family back home and he was talking about his dream to come to Miami one day. He had never been outside of Cuba, but that was like his
1: dream and it was just, yeah, it was, it was really nice. Uh it's so interesting because I completely agree with all of the locals there. I think I told you before our interview some of the experiences that I had, but every single one of those locals, I had I had first of all I had locals that came up to me, you know, asking for money or giving us tours and then being like, "Hey, help me out," you know? And I, and we would say no or we would say yes depending on which day it was. <laughs> you know like in the very beginning we're like all right here like we'll help yeah, you out yeah. thanks for like, the end. Like, yeah like thanks for bringing us this random bar that you know i don't know like they they were very very helpful and then at the end of it it was the same thing where well we we're running out of money because you have to come to cuba with that that's another really really great tip you have to come to cuba with cash and it has to be exchanged in Cuban money because there's you know difficult to change your money there so we changed it at the airport but yeah we were running out of money so at the end you know we would say no to people because we needed the money to get home or for the rest of our time there and they were still cool with us they were still it still felt like they were friends Mm -hmm. it was just it was a very interesting experience uh, as far as like the locals.
0: <laughs> so, about that with the money, we totally knew that too going in. And we had even tried ex- exchanging some money at the bank there. And it was like an hour wait in line. And we were thinking, yes. wow, like we're glad we didn't need to do that too often. But we were telling our struggles with how long the bank took to Alan, the tour guide we had. And he was saying, oh, like the American dollar is so like king here. He's like, if you have, if you, so we were told to, you know, try converting it to the Cuban dollar. It's like, if you have U S dollars, anyone will accept that. he said, if you, I don't remember the conversion right now, but he was saying as long as it's similar to what they're asking for to the Cuban dollar, like they will accept it. Like they love the U S dollar there. At least when I went there in 2018, he was telling us that. So we're like, Oh, okay. So we I was near the end of our trip though, so we already, you know, did the exchange rate and everything, and didn't need any more cash. But he was saying that as a tip if we ever came back.
1: Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, we. I don't think we ever used our dollar. We exchanged it at the airport just mm-hmm. to make sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Before we even like left the airport, because I heard that whole bank situation. Yeah. The long line to exchange your money. It's not like you could just go to uh, an exchange place. They don't have them. Yeah. So, yeah. And I didn't know that about the dollar, but I was also, I'm always like, kind of like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like sure. So I wish
1: I could test it out because I'm right.
0: not 100 sure, but that's, that's what he was saying. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll believe that. But also I guess talking about budget tips and everything. Um, have you heard of the Charles Schwab debit card? No. It's like my favorite card now as an American going, going internationally, because there are no foreign transaction fees, like no um, ATM fees, nothing gets incurred. There's no annual fee, and it sounds too good to be true. I even like chatted with this Charles Schwab representative. I was like, "Okay, you're telling me it's a free account to open? Like no no credit check gets happened? So you don't get docked, you know, in your score or anything like that? Like what's the downside? And he's like, there really isn't one. They hope you eventually become like um, a Charles Schwab investment. What's the term? Like basically a person that does invest like in their portfolios and whatnot. So I think that's what they hope for. But so I've had this card for a while now. My friend told me about this right after I came back from Cuba. So I wish I had it with me because apparently it's supposed to work on any ATM if there's a fee that gets incurred, it's automatically reimbursed back to you. Oh,
1: that's awesome. Yeah,
0: And it comes out like in the currency of that country you're in. So you don't have to worry about an exchange rate. Like all the fees are covered. And yeah, so internationally, definitely in Europe, I know that's totally, it, that's the way it works um, in Asia. But Havana, I wish I had it while I was there because I would have loved to be able to see if it worked even on their ATMs. Because, you know, the money situation there is so specific with how to, get cash out. Um, so I wish I had that. But whenever I go back to Cuba, I'll have my travel schwab debit card and I'm gonna
1: test it out. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I have a travel card uh, that <laughs> I really, really love. Like and a that's, credit card? Yeah, like a credit yeah. card that I just it's awesome because I've literally bought my like other tickets to wherever yep. because I'm using it. So it's just it's it's a little bit of like a budget tip you know use Mm -hmm. a travel card or in your case the charles schwab card and i know that for the travel credit cards you get you get like flights back you get money back and it's just it really you know it really is handy i actually have enough points right now to go on the trip i was supposed to go this year which is to africa i was supposed to go to like kenya and tanzania and that was my goal this year like i was really focused on it and then everything happened and i wasn't able to to book it alas <laughs> but those points you must have a lot for those kind of flights i mean but
0: the, the travel credit cards they do they give you so many perks and the charles schwab is a debit card so that's like the card i like using for atm withdrawals but right yes, right, I right definitely right. agree in getting a travel credit card because the amount of points i've racked up i don't think i've paid out of pocket I don't, yeah, I don't think I paid out of pocket for flights in like the last two, two and a half years. It's all been with points just because, I mean, you know, you're buying groceries, you're paying your rent, like you're doing things with your credit right. card already. Converting it to points, that's like the way to do it.
1: Yep. Yep. And that that's that's pretty much how I've been doing it for the past few years. It's so, so helpful. So anyways. <laughs> <laughs> You've been to 50 countries. Can you tell me why you started traveling? Like, why are you so passionate about this? When did you start kind of ticking off those countries?
0: Yeah, so I would say all that really didn't happen until, like you said earlier, the last six years, that's when the big trips started happening. Growing up, we didn't really do anything like that. It was local road trips. And the farthest I'd gone on a plane was like five hours to Hawaii, which is actually a funny story because people ask me, I'm such a flexible traveler, like, oh, what was my influence if I didn't grow up traveling? And I think just because the few examples I have of when I did travel, my mom, like she's a very flexible traveler, very spontaneous traveler. And So the best story I have is we were going to go to San Francisco. I was maybe eight or nine and I guess she had found a last minute deal to Hawaii and didn't tell me because she wanted to surprise me. So here I am on the plane, like ready to go to San Francisco and I'm like sitting in the seat and I hear over the intercom, like the pilot saying, okay, so it's, you know, five hours to Honolulu and weather is good. And I just remember being like, what? And feeling really panicked. My mom said I looked so scared. I had thought we got on the wrong plane and we were already like, you know, on the runway or something. So I thought this was like, oh my God, there's no turning back. And she was saying, she was trying to surprise me, but yeah, cause she last minute found like a different deal and wanted to go. We're like
1: terrified, like, no.
0: It's <laughs> like, we're going the wrong way. But yeah. So I think um, growing up, just the few trips I did do, yeah, it was like that kind of influence with being flexible or just being open to, to what's there. Um, growing up in LA, I mean, we're so close to so many nice drives, like, you know, up PCH, up to San Francisco, inland to Vegas. Even as a kid, I really liked going because my mom, she would take me to magic shows and that kind of stuff. So that, those were the trips I did.
1: So it runs in your blood.
0: Yeah, she does like traveling. And it's funny, because I think she started traveling less when I was around, you know, having a kid, I'm sure is very, (laughs) makes your life a little busier than what it was before. But she was a single mom, too. So she definitely was around with me all the time. So we would do local trips, but she wasn't really going internationally anymore. Um, But now that I'm older and I'm really into it, I've actually been giving her tips on like, oh, like, if you want to go here, let me know. I have a flight alert or like if she was going somewhere with her friends, I'm like, oh, let me help you like look up some places. Um, And we've gone quite a few trips together in my adult life as well, because, yeah, now that we both can travel as adults, she's like, yeah, like, let's go to this bar. And (laughs) I don't have to go to like, you know, the kid magic shows anymore in Vegas. Now we can go to the fun stuff, the rooftop bars in Singapore and that kind of stuff. (laughs)
1: That's so cool that you have a mom that you could go travel and do really fun things with. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. I do feel like we've gotten a lot closer through travel. We always were really close, but that's one thing. I think also why I like traveling so much is just everyone I've been able to go on trips with, whether it's my mom or with friends. I just learned so much about them and we've all gotten so much closer like through those experiences. And
1: I really like it. What does travel mean to you? I know you touched on it a little bit, but...
0: Um, yeah. So it's kind of funny. Um, have you ever read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy?
1: No, but I know of it. Okay.
0: So like their answer to everything, like the meaning to life, like the answer is the number 42. And when I was reading this, I, my first thought was, oh, that's what travel is to me. It's like my 42. I don't know if that's grammatically correct. If like oh, that's my 42. But that always stuck with me is like, that was my first thought when I read this answer to everything. And I realized, yeah, traveling has become such a big part of my identity. And it's where, like, yeah, it's where I've gotten close with my mom. It's where I've gotten even closer with my friends, like learned so much about best friends and boyfriends. And like I said, even at the end of the day about myself and I definitely would not be the same person I am now if I hadn't done the experiences and the trips that I did like it's taught me so much patience it's taught me like how to be more open-minded and really broaden broaden everything about the way I think and I just really appreciate what it's given to me and how much I've able been how much I've been able to grow because of it
1: when I ask that question, people tell me, you know, you learn about yourself, which is very true, but I've never actually heard that answer of, I learn about the people I travel with because man, you learn <laughs> if you are compatible to travel with this person or if this person is part of supposed to be part of your tribe, you learn it pretty fast yeah. when you uh, because, you know, it's a uh, You just you just learn more about it's like living with somebody because you are kind of, you know, Mm -hmm.
0: nonstop like everything you guys do is together like from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. I mean, I'm I'm sure you can have some, you know, hours apart, but for the most part, you guys are planning everything together. You have to be on the same flight. It's like in that work of planning that trip together with friends, significant others. That's definitely shown me a lot. And I luckily have not had issues with my friends. Like, Like I said, they're all pretty they're all pretty relaxed with planning as well, but I I have heard horror stories from friends of friends who they've tried to plan with someone and even people that they thought were good friends. I mean, and they're still good friends to them outside of travel, but they realize they cannot travel with some people. And
1: yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely tells a lot about someone. It does because it it tells you whether or not this person can, you know, control is your type of traveler in life. <laughs> You know, like, can this person deal the way you deal with this situation because yeah. in travel, especially when you go to foreign countries that you know that are a little bit more difficult to travel to and isn't as uh, tourist friendly. Mm-hmm. it can get difficult. So you really yeah. learn about somebody and how they can deal with that or how stressed they are and how mm-hmm. your stress and they, do you match like, you know, the, the anxiety of going yeah. to the country. Um, so yeah, you, you really, it's uh, so a thing So that, that's a good answer. When I was in Greece
0: with my best friend and my other college friend, the three of us had gone to a Europe trip together and we had missed one of our flights. And none of us were like, oh my God, this is the worst day ever. I mean, it sucked. It definitely sucked because like we missed our flight and I'm not trying to put blame on the airport, but like the flight attendants told us the wrong I think they did it on purpose because they were kind of like laughing about it later when we came back to them saying, you told us to go here. And that's not like, there isn't anything to go over there. They're like, oh yeah, sorry. Check-ins closed. Like that's like how they were saying it to us. And we're like, wait, you sent us somewhere else when we were trying to check in and now that we're back. So yeah. So it was already kind of like a weird situation, but none of us were like, wow, like I never want to travel again. Or wow. Like, you know, that kind of thing. We all were like, well, what are we going to do? So we ended up like getting a a slightly nicer flight, like on a different airline, did not want to go with that one anymore. And we just like, okay, we're going to travel a little nicer. It was going to be a little more expensive, but we'll go in style, like the hour flight from Athens to Santorini. And um, yeah, we're like, we're just going to make the most of it. And we were bummed about it from, you know, the time of booking the flights but the rest of the trip was not an issue like did not hinder us in any way and it was really nice because i'm sure i mean understandably it would have been frustrating for a lot of people but i'm glad that we all were not gonna let it ruin our trip any more than like that hour when we were dealing with it
1: yeah i think i would fit along with (laughs) (laughs) because i'm all that stuff it totally well event especially if you travel a lot, it's gonna happen. Something's yeah, gonna exactly you know, something's not gonna go as planned. And I'm definitely leaning towards more of like oh well, like it's fine. Like yeah, it is what I, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just continue on with our day and not be bummed about this thing because I'm not gonna let it kind of fester my energy or like eat up my energy because hey, we're still traveling and we're so lucky and so yeah. you know like we're so lucky to be traveling most people are just at their job and like here we are like who cares if we like miss a flight or you know something doesn't go as planned or we have to wait a little longer for i don't know like anything yeah. like anything that doesn't go as planned like i'm always like wait a second why are we why are we here anyway are we here for like a death or are we here for like <laughs> living the time of our lives like who cares like it's fine this is part of the adventure and the i love that do you have any dangerous or exciting travel stories
0: So I will start with the dangerous one. And I'll end on the exciting one. Okay. (laughs) Um, The dangerous one. Yeah, like when you would ask that the first thing that came to mind would be when I was drugged in Budapest, but what? yeah. (laughs) But I guess I should preface that with saying I'm I was okay, on the spectrum of how bad that could have gone. It was definitely on the milder side. And all these, you know, same thing with learning experiences with travel in hindsight it was not smart that I was okay to show up at one of the bars at so it was a pub crawl and the drinks were already out when we arrived and should not have just gone for an open drink but at the time I was like okay I think I think it was the second or third stop by this point and uh didn't think much of it and I didn't feel To be honest, I don't really remember that point where I stopped remembering. I just remember not feeling good, but not like in a too much alcohol kind of way, you know. But apparently I was pretty coherent still. But luckily the people I was with noticed something a little off. And no one was bothering us that night. So I don't think anyone did it with like, like, I mean, it was malicious, but not like with intent to do anything. I think it was just someone being a jerk who spiked some of the drinks. Um, But we left and that was the start of probably the roughest 24 hours of traveling ever because so I'm passed out in the back of this taxi that our friends had taken to get back to our place. And I guess the taxi driver was trying to rip off like the price, like, oh, even though they had agreed on it, like my friends were explaining the next morning. And he said, well, if you leave your friend like referring to me passed out in the backseat, like I'll waive the taxi fare. And they were like no obviously because they're good friends luckily (laughs) but they're telling me all this the next day and I was just like what the heck and yeah the next morning was the worst like not not hangover feeling this was like like I wanted to just curl up and just die like it was the worst headache pain stomach pain everything was achy it was bad it was really really bad and I know it wasn't just alcohol because like I said it was like second or third stop and You know like you don't you barely start drinking in the beginning of your night for that um yeah and we still had to fly from budapest to brussels and then back to lax that day
1: that same day that you were
0: same day and it was just a struggle to just walk down the street i couldn't drink or eat anything i couldn't keep it in my stomach I just it was the worst feeling and then when we arrived in Brussels our flight was delayed and so the last shuttle for that night had already left but luckily because the whole flight was delayed they had to bring another one for the people there but it was like an extra like hour or two and there was miscommunication of where we were supposed to wait and I'm still feeling like terrible all this is still happening we get to our Airbnb the keys are not where they're supposed to be and these I'm not sure if it was a drug deal going on, but these people who were like shadily, like passing stuff to each other were the ones that helped us find our keys. In the end, they were like, oh, yeah. Are you here for the Airbnb? They usually leave it like and they knew where the keys were for our stay and they're like, yeah, like, wait, why do they know? Yeah, so all this was like very uncomfortable. It was pouring rain, like straight out of a movie of like really sad, like (laughs) rain the entire time. We get into our Airbnb and the heater's not working and we're just like (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that was this like 24 hour period after the pub crawl and so that was, it was just a rough, a rough time. But yeah, learning experiences for sure. <laughs> and what did you take away from that? <laughs> well, first of all, yeah, do not accept open drinks at a bar. <laughs> Definitely, even if it's part of a pub crawl, even if they say it's okay, like I, yeah, I totally should have asked them to report. Like, it just, yeah, wasn't thinking. And but funnily enough, I did the exact same pub crawl when I went to Budapest last year, and I didn't know it was the exact same one. I had a feeling it was because of the meeting point and end point, but I thought, okay. I'm with a different set of people like we all want to do it Um, and it ended up being a great time and it did end up being the exact same pub crawl but they must have either caught on to like open drinks not being a good idea or maybe other people had like similar experience probably yeah because every stop was the same except that bar we didn't go to that bar we went to a completely different one but all the other stops um were the same wow
1: yeah (laughs) so what a crazy experience. Well, I'm glad you're alive. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) me too.
0: (laughs) Even telling people stories that later, I I realized I should always preface with like, I was okay. Like it was definitely scary for like the situation it was, but I was with a good set of people and, you know, it got home okay. And after the 24 hours was done, it was It was all good, no lasting, you know, shitty effects. But it did, it made me very wary for a while with like, well, as it should with open drinks. So I think that also helped instill in me like to not, um, not be so trusting at bars. (laughs) But then the exciting experience I've had abroad was actually also in Havana, I saw Donald Glover at a restaurant. What? (laughs) Yeah, it was was random. And I worked in entertainment, like I said, in LA. So I had seen celebrities before, like that was part of my job. Like we would meet with them sometimes. And I don't get starstruck going into like, you know, meeting these A-list people and these really like, no matter how cool or how much I like them, But something about, I think, being caught off guard in Havana, just, like, trying to have a casual dinner and then seeing Childish Gambino, like, five feet away from you at this table, I I almost thought – I had to ask my friend. I was like, okay, is that that him? Or am I just, like, thinking it's him for some reason? Because I'm a huge fan. But, no, it was. And I didn't want to bother him, though. But on our way out, because his table was right there, I was like – Trying to preface it with, Yeah, I don't want to bother you. He was there with his girlfriend. And I said, I'm just going to let you know I'm a big fan. Like, and I was going to his concert the following month. So I oh told him, God. like, I'm excited to see you in LA next month, like, big fan. And I don't know what I expected him to say or if anything, but I didn't expect him to be as nice as he was. And he like smiled at us and he's like, Oh, and he asked us something about like how we liked our time in Havana or something. And I like, kind of blacked out. Like, I don't remember what I answered. (laughs) I don't remember what my answer to him was. And the next thing I really remember is being outside and just like looking at my friend thinking, did that, did that just happen? She's like, are you okay? (laughs) So yeah, that was, that was exciting to say the least. And it turned out he was filming something with Rihanna. That's why they were there. He wasn't like on vacation. He was filming something. And I didn't know that until the following year when something came out. Uh, like oh like filming location Cuba and I was like oh that's why yeah so very cool
1: <laughs> that's very cool because yeah we li- we both live in LA so yeah. obviously we see like famous people we work in the industry mm-hmm. so it's like a thing but to see someone in a different country you took that plane <laughs> and you're just like what that's that I would be taken aback as well Okay. So you're known for budget traveling on your blogs and Instagram. Can you talk about the importance of budget traveling in your life and how you kind of started?
0: Definitely starting with just being a not wealthy college student (laughs) who, I mean, I already never really spent money on like clothes and shopping. That was never really my thing. So when I realized my thing was traveling like just all my funds would be diverted to that and I started getting really conscientious with you know eating out even getting coffee and stuff I kept thinking okay this could be you know part of my airfare this could be a meal I have whenever my next trip is and I think because I did plan in advance so well I was able to have these like really experiential trips and I never felt like I was missing out just because I was doing a budget travel sort of vacation or sort of trip i always was still having a lot of great experiences um i think yeah between planning ahead and just being conscientious of the money um so starting off in college and even as i started getting income as working full-time those habits were still instilled in me and I still would have such a good time like even if I could spend a little more somewhere like on a four star hotel instead of an airbnb or, or something like that i didn't want to like i really really liked the groove i got with seeing the maximum amount of experiences trying all the dishes i could do in a different place um with still being like yeah within a very reasonable
1: price <laughs> That's how I like to travel as well. I'm definitely a budget traveler cuz why? Like and and getting to stay at either I'm a camper so getting to camp or getting to stay at like a budget place like an Airbnb you really get to experience the culture as opposed to staying at like yeah. the Hilton. Exactly. That's just my opinion. Exactly. What are some of your favorite places that you've traveled to and why? Ooh.
0: I think southeast asia would be my favorite area just because like between the sites and the food my favorite food is thai food so going to thailand and having pad thai straight off of a street food vendor cart like that (laughs) was yeah (laughs) i still think about those food dishes and i actually did a cooking class while i was there and like learning how to make that kind of stuff and those like flavorful dishes it just added to like, like you get to really know like the cultures, food, like culinary history as they, as you do a class there. Cause you know, they're explaining the origins of why they use certain spices and whatnot. So I feel like I just learned so much about that area and having been a few times to Southeast Asia and just every time getting better and better with where to go or how, like how to travel there. Um, and the, Sites definitely. I think ha Long Bay in Vietnam was one of the most beautiful, like, natural areas I'd ever seen. I, you know, you see pictures of it, but then we got to kayak through those little floating islands, and oh my god, it awesome. was unreal. It was, it was unreal, and we were on an overcast day too, and it was still so beautiful. So I can't even imagine, like, you know, on those crystal blue skies and everything, like, how absolutely amazing it must be. Um, Anchor Wat at sunrise in Cambodia that was another like huge like moment I think in traveling like <laughs> I think we had come in the night before and we had barely any sleep but we were like we're getting up at four four a.m to meet with the tuk-tuk to take us to the temples and oh my god it was a hundred degrees or so by 10 a.m so yeah we by 10 we were like tapping out ready to go back to the hotel. Um, but yeah, just, just so much in Southeast Asia, you can do so much. And as a budget traveler, I really appreciate how much the dollar, how far I can stretch the dollar there. And even at a five-star hotel, I believe how, yes, that is the only five-star hotel I've ever stayed in. And that was in Cambodia. And I think it was $40 a night. Oh my God. Two, maybe, maybe it was like 60 and then we split it between, cause I remember being like in the 30 or $40 range per person for this beautiful five-star hotel. And it was like Moroccan style. We arrived and they like gave us a massage, like complimentary massage. And like, it was, it was beautiful. So yeah, as a budget traveler, I love <laughs> what you can get in Southeast Asia.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite things when i go home to the philippines like i'm like yes like i can eat for like nothing (laughs) 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 six dollar massages right exactly six dollar (laughs) massages what are your tips and tricks for your favorite locations that you've traveled to like any favorite places that you've stayed the names of those places food Mm
0: -hmm. yes well the food definitely pad siu and pad thai from thailand all the curries in those areas, learning how to make spring rolls in Vietnam, like all the, yeah, just all the food, just try all the food if possible. If you don't have an allergic reaction or like some dietary restriction, like I, I just say yes to all the food and I encourage everyone else to, if they can. I mean, I had scorpion even in Thailand and From I know like- a vendor. Yeah, because they were like, and I'm sure it's a touristy thing. Because even I thought, like, I'm like, really? I think it was like two U.S. dollars for one. I was like, that seems pretty steep. Like, and right. it was in the main of Calson Road, so I'm sure they get a ton of tourists. But I had to try it. Like, I hadn't seen that anywhere up until that point, and I just I knew I had to. So yeah, but pretty much. How was it? I, how was? It? Oh, it, was, it actually tasted like crispy pork rinds. It was, it was fine. Ah, <laughs> oh my god! Not my favorite. Definitely not my favorite. But it wasn't. It wasn't bad. So pretty much unless I'm, like, really full, I'll pretty much try almost anything, like, off the vendors, just to try a couple bites. Um, But for tips with, like, learning experiences, like, definitely from a learning experience, bug spray and sunscreen. I have so, like... I need to just like instill that in myself because I tend to forget if it's been a while since I since go to Southeast Asia, if it had been a while, I tend to forget and I will get burned. I will get bitten. And I always suggest that to other people. But for some reason for myself, like I need to remember that more. Sunscreen and bug spray.
1: I usually bring bug spray from like, you know, like Walgreens or CVS or something over here. It does not work in Southeast does Asia. It does not work. It does not work work you have to get the local yeah like the, the stuff there. Yeah. yeah because those mosquitoes are like ooh, yum like i'll taste some of your like american bug spray yeah. and i'll eat you dry <laughs> it's, like, bug spray. it's just seasoning like on <laughs> top of your skin like yum 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 like all that sweet american blood like give it <laughs> to me like i get bitten up by mosquitoes really bad especially Mm -hmm. when I go home like it's like as if they just feast on my legs they love it so I I have to get the local that's a good tip get the local bug spray (laughs) emphasis on the local yes (laughs) emphasis on the local because those bugs do not care unless you're getting like the real deet stuff from uh from like rei or something like that's like- through your clothes like <laughs> yeah exactly uh they're gonna eat you otherwise <laughs> <laughs> take it take it from us <laughs> so what are some of your favorite moments or fulfilling moments during your travels i'm sure you've had many but what is like yeah and there? it's
0: interesting because that always tends to be a question like from friends or family like oh, what was your favorite moment you know and i always have to think about like obviously there's so like you said there's so many. But I have distinct memories where, like, whatever's happening, like, whatever's going on, like, it's so great, or for lack of a word, for lack of a better word, like, incredible in that moment where I literally stop and tell myself to remember it. And there are a few moments like that that come to mind. Like one of them being when I was at Oktoberfest this past year in Germany and we were in the tent and we had befriended a bunch of these German Mm -hmm. students and we had just met them, but they were really like just getting, they were really liking talking with us. And they were maybe like, eight of them we just started like talking about American life and they were telling us about what their life is like in school and of course we're like drinking liters of beer and they're like teaching us the songs and how to stand on the table at certain intervals and the cheers and it was it was people madness. stand on the tables was, there yeah yeah inside the tents there's like standing on tables singing at the top of their lungs interestingly like some American songs are a like popular song for them to sing so we knew some of them but there are a lot of german ones and they were teaching us the words and it was just it was insane and like i had to stop what is
1: what is is the one american song i'm just so curious
0: oh it was the um sweet caroline oh
1: (laughs) of course that's a perfect like bar song
0: (laughs) yeah and then um other ones were like, I wish I remembered some of the others, but like it would show Spotify actually released how um, on the charts that certain songs spike in Germany when <laughs> Oktoberfest is happening. Oh my so, God. yeah, there's like a whole list online. So, yeah, some of them we knew, and it was just, it was it was great. And it was one of the best days. And I think at the time it was near the end of my two month trip in Europe. And so, you know, just the whole momentum of like the good memories and the good vibes were like in that day as well. But I remember thinking that that was definitely one of the best experiences I've had also probably in Cinque Terre. um, We had a really beautiful balcony, Airbnb. Like we really scored on this one, gorgeous balcony with a cute little table and during sunset we had gotten um pesto like homemade pesto from down the way and we were just eating that with a loaf of bread for dinner one night and just watching the sunset and like all the oh, colors of yeah of the homes it was yeah one of those moments where i really i was thinking this is this is a top moment
1: that's actually on my bucket list i was hoping to go to italy and go to cinque terre this year? Uh, um, either this year or next year. I probably okay. would have made it happen this year. Uh, but yeah, that was definitely on my list of places to go. I really, really, really would love to go to that specific place in yeah. Italy.
0: Oh my gosh. It was, I mean, a lot of Italy is amazing, obviously, but something about Cinque Terre, just the people and also the food, that pesto, like the area is known for some really good pesto, so that was something I was have really to try that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, each destination, I I try anytime I find something worth noting, like whether it's a tip or whether it's a really good restaurant, I put it in a little phone note and so by the end of the trip yeah I just have like tons of recommendations and that's how I started putting together my destination guides just because I had so many tips and I was always giving them to my friends and people were messaging me like oh I saw you went here like do you have any recs and so yeah so I've I've tons of suggestions for Cinque Terre.
1: A little bit back on budget traveling, can you tell me any tips that you have for anybody who wants to kind of do what you do? Like how do you go about budget traveling? If they've never traveled before mm-hmm. or if they're used to like traveling luxurious and they want to go I want to try budget traveling how do you start? How do what do you do?
0: Well, I definitely always suggest starting off with a Google sheet doc or some sort of way to like mark down each day and I it sounds so particular or so like strict on yourself but it really I've noticed at least when I slack on doing the planning day by day and not have to be to the dollar obviously but just like a general idea I definitely go over budget when I am not as strict on myself with marking down what's the average nightly cost even if I don't have anything booked like just approximately like you know you can search up um, average nightly cost for a certain city, and they are usually some pretty good examples. Like, oh, if you're using an Airbnb, or if you're doing a hotel. Like, so I use that, and I will put that for the average nightly cost. I have a daily food budget, and then you account, um, and then you account for miscellaneous. You know, whether you're gonna buy something, you know, to take home with you, which <laughs> all the stuff on my walls from traveling abroad. So <laughs> you have to allot and make make time or make a room in your budget for things like that and so once I have it all mapped out then I can start booking excursions or things like that once I kind of see how much the base prices would be so yeah nightly accommodation food drinks and miscellaneous charges then from there it's a lot easier to then manage budget especially if you're on a stricter budget
1: Okay, so so basically Google Sheets, number one thing, and just kind of going, trying to plan your day by day, putting your budget on there, making sure that you're, you know, meeting those things, and then researching about the lodging, you know, if mm-hmm. you're on Airbnb or whatever, however way you're going to do. Okay, great. Well, I mean, that that's really, really helpful. There have definitely been times, like I was
0: saying, when I'm not as strict on it, and I mentally have like a certain budget in mind and just going through and putting nightly accommodation. I'm like, Oh, this is already adding up to a lot more than I was expecting. And so, especially if it's a big difference, you know, like, so I use Airbnb a lot, you can mark, or you can set your minimum and maximum for the pricing. So I found like if I am going over budget with what I thought I was going to be for accommodation early on, I'll just like, you know, take a couple notches down, see what I can find for a little less. And you know, if it saves you 10, 15, $20 a night, I you mean know, on a week trip, that definitely that adds up. So that's why I love the spreadsheet so much. I'm not a numbers person. I'm not super organized with everything in my life, but I love the sum function on Google Sheets or Excel where you can add up Like what it's going to look like. So yeah, I'm all about the transparency and knowing ahead of time what you're getting into.
1: You just talked about all the stuff behind your wall. We're doing this uh, interview through Zoom, and I can see what's behind her wall, which is a flurry of colorful uh, happiness, (laughs) basically. (laughs) So what is the one interesting item that you take with you or Something that you purchase. It looks like you purchase things. I do. I do. I
0: would buy something that I know would work well for the wall. Or lately, it's been spilling over onto like a bookshelf. But it's either a picture or a mask or something made. Um, I started off with wooden items. That was my specific look I was going for. But now it's kind of branched out to to other stuff. But yeah, I just think it adds so much to like add so much to my apartment since traveling is such a big part of my life it's really nice like to come home every day and see that on the wall especially with 2020 being the year it's been it always brings me back to those trips and I have very specific memories tied to each of them like where I bought it and like what was going on that day and I do sometimes just like stare (laughs) at my wall like looking at all the places and thinking yeah like those were really those were really good trips (laughs) I know some people, you know, collect shot glasses and that kind of stuff. I love home decor and even early on, I just knew I wanted to start hanging stuff that represented like where I'd been and it became a massive collection over the years, but initially it just started because like I I didn't really have a place for like, you know, shot glasses when I was 20 and I was glad early on I started thinking ahead of like how I wanted to display like the individual and unique representation of each country
1: so next question we're almost at the end is there a piece of life advice that you can give to a younger you
0: honestly probably stay at hostels more i didn't get to experience that much until i was and i had seen this past like year or so and i really wish i knew or I, I had the instinct to stay in them before. I didn't have a bad impression of them. I I know there's that horror movie called Hostel. And that was <laughs> never how I pictured it. That wasn't why I never stayed. I just, between being with friends all the time with my mom, it just wasn't a thing I thought of to do with groups. But I, I have these last few years um, with friends and it was so much fun. And I have so many experiences now and memories of, you know, nights with people you met playing random bar games or like ping pong in the rec room and just things like that, where it wouldn't have been the same trip had I been in an Airbnb, even if it's like with the same group of friends I went with, like the people you meet in hostels and those experiences. I should have had so many more years of those memories. And yeah, I wish if I could go back and do one thing different with traveling, it'd be staying in hostels more.
1: Yeah, hustles are fun. Hostels are yeah. really, really fun. If I didn't have all my gear now. with me. Yeah. If I didn't have all my gear with me, I if I didn't have like camera gear and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I would be traveling more with hustles because it is fun. You get to meet all these different people and they're interesting. They're usually very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. The last hostel I stayed in was
0: in Portugal right before everything shut down. That was the last trip I did um, with one of my friends. And she and I have met this singer in the hostel mm-hmm. and he turned out to be a fado singer and when we had all but we didn't realize like how good he was cuz he yeah. was from somewhere else in portugal he was visiting lisbon and we went out to a fado show and i guess either he knew one of the people singing or they recognized him or he asked something where like there was an exchange in portuguese and they let him up on stage and he wow. was amazing and we were like this is the guy from our hostel who's traveling by himself like around our age and he just like had this incredible show for us. And yeah, it was, it was interesting.
1: <laughs> See, hostile.
0: Yeah, hostile.
1: Hostile people are interesting, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> they can be, they can be quite fun. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a community as opposed to you mm-hmm. kind of traveling on your, uh, you know, on your own and for your Airbnb or a hotel, uh, a hotel staying or staying at a hotel. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, A hostel, you get to kind of meet a community of people that are budget travelers, usually, or just, I don't know, it's just different. The energy is different. Yeah. All right. Last question Where can we find you?
0: Well, luckily with a name like Alexis, My handle was pretty easy to snag on all social channels, so I'm at travelexys, which is T-R-A-V-E-L-E-X-Y-S, like travel and my name Alexis put together, on all social channels I have. So mostly Instagram. I also have a blog at um, www.travellexis.com. I would also have pretty yeah pretty much anything if you're looking on a social channel i i have but i'm most active with my tips and my stories and my recommendations on instagram and the website
1: Yes, so if anybody's looking for any budget traveling tips on where to go, Alexis has all of that on her blog or on her Instagram. Thank you again so much for joining me on the Roaming the Earth podcast, stories and adventures of people who are jet setters, nomads, and explorers. This is Drea Castro signing off. Join us again next time. Stay wild. If you're interested in hearing more stories from around the globe, don't forget to subscribe. Share it to your friends. And follow me on Instagram on I'm Roaming the Earth.